Hey, everybody. We're back. Um, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Cody. We got Byron Horton here. We're in the mobile recording studio, a.k.a. the Wrangler, um, on the side of the road. And we're going we're gonna to BS a little bit about some, some whitetail and, and give you guys some updates and, you know, talk this a little. Ep- this episode is actually kind of jam-packed with, with a lot of notes, uh, some hunting talk, um, some trail cam talk, some product talk. I think this is going to be a pretty good one for the, for the listeners and very timely information. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's, and I think these have been pretty much fly by night with the, you know, cup of coffee. Good morning. You know, I mean, and just kind of, kind of BSing, but you know, with the, with the season right around the corner and you know, I woke up this morning and I had a half boner when i walked out of the house because of the corn changing and the cold temps and i mean everything is going on so um i mean it's getting there you can feel it it's in the air people are getting ready to to hit their openers you're heading to kentucky i mean september 15th is like here so uh we wanted to do some notes and definitely touch base on some specifics for you guys looking to you know put together some intel um you know heading out of state or hitting your home state for the September opener. Yeah, I think a lot of guys uh, that are chomping at the bit that may be traveling a little bit to, to get to a state that opens slightly before theirs. Uh, we're definitely going to throw a little bit of that at you. Um, I know I plan to do it. Cody, you and I in the past have, have, have gone to Wisconsin, um, you know, kind of that opening weekend and seen some stuff. And I know you've bounced around Missouri. So, yeah, the, the, the energy is definitely there. The social media, you can see more guys tuning in to different stuff, getting their gear dialed. It's, it's been awesome. Oh, man. It's, it's, uh, it, people are getting fired up. I, I tossed an antler picture out there the other day, and it got some pretty good feedback. And, and it's just it's, it's one of those things where, like, you see that time of year comes around, everybody's getting fired up. And, um, yeah, so, so we'll dive in. Um, I got my coffee here. Um, so that's good. I'm set with that. And let's talk about real quick, let's knock out a product update. So um, very exciting. We have been turning out a lot of product uh, lately. I'm sure a lot of you guys have been getting shipping notifications. If you haven't yet, you'll probably be getting it very soon. Um, We actually, I unloaded a truck last night with a bunch of DS5 uh, platforms on it. And um, so we're going to continue on that front. But um, long story short, so we've been shipping out products last week, this week, um, double steps, DS fives, compact sticks, camera arms, ambush, um, still waiting on the long full length sticks. Those are due in, I think tomorrow, but, uh, we made a, we made a big, uh, game plan change last minute. And we actually, uh, due to all the headaches we've had prior to this with, um, kind of assembly and shipping and just correlating with the facilities, um, we brought it all to Iowa. Uh, we brought it all back to the home base here and, um, literally like 20 yards from your front door. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, everything is getting, nothing's getting missed now. Um, the stands are being, you know, built by yours truly, the old man, the family. Um, it's actually, it's actually pretty cool looking at it. Uh, to whereas, you know, when we, when we started back with uh, custom gear and launched the product line, you know, we, it's always Lone Wolf's always been a family business and, and we had, we didn't really know where it was going to go, but we had different, different facilities set up around and it was all going to be kind of piecemeal. Like, okay, this is shipping from here. That's shipping from there. 
and it just it, it was too many irons in the fire and with all of our busy schedules it was too hard to track that down and now that we've brought it um right to the home base like it is really cool it's it's nostalgic feeling for me uh it hits home deeply to see um my girls running around uh you know playing with the 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 tree stand bolts and stuff and i actually my five-year-old it was her birthday yesterday and she was she was building tree stand packets she was taking the she was taking the belts and taking the instructions and putting them in the ziploc bag and and it's funny i sent a picture to my sister and my sister like sends back like a you know like the tear face like dude i remember those gruesome days when dad back in you know, back in uh, 88 would make her slave over these tree stand packets. And she's like, oh, my God, I feel sorry for Lorraine. I'm like, no, she's having a blast. But that's the thing, man. I mean, uh, back in the in the 90s, you know, when I was com- growing up as a kid, this that was it. I mean, my my mom and my dad worked and they had this tree stand shop that was in the backyard, in the garage. And every one of us, me, my sister's. I think my brother too, we all have scars on our face, on our eyes, on our forehead, somewhere from falling on, on tree stand parts. Like, and it, it, it's, 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 it's just, it's cool to, it's cool to look back and how I grew up um, in, in the midst of that. Like, and I didn't know what it was at that time, but it was like, oh, okay. You know, mom and dad are in the garage, they're building tree stands, whatever. There's always that stuff. It was, I grew up in, in about as hardcore of a whitetail hunting family as as you could I suppose um so it's very cool and it hits home with me to see that happening here now it's went from a garage uh in Milwaukee Wisconsin to a barn in Bellevue Iowa and it's 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 staying in the family DeQuisto owned and operated and it's really cool so so uh I thought you guys would appreciate that that we're making efforts to even keep it more in-house and and um Cause there is a misconception. A lot of people think we are some huge, oh, some huge corporate outfit, you know? So, um, it's, it's kind of important to touch base on that. But along with that being said, I think you've seen Byron. I think you've probably got something, um, in the mail thus far, but the finish on these new products, um, yeah. the stand, the DS fives, the compact sticks, they're all going through, um, an additional round of cleanup machining. So, and they're also getting engraved uh, with uh, Lone Wolf, made in the U.S. Like, so we have a whole nother couple processes along with our new hard coat anodizing the titanium, titanium finish. Um, like, I mean, we're talking immaculate finish. Um, yeah, I would, reason- I would tell people, the listener, to, to check out your Instagram. You posted a couple of pictures of some finished oh, yeah. products, really good lighting. Uh, they can see the additional branding, which I think is is pretty cool. It it, it is oh, yeah. a slick looking product right now. Yeah, if you yeah, go check it out. Head over to my Instagram if you don't know it. It's just Cody DeQuisto. But I, I try and post some stuff. I took some photos of the of the new products, and I'll be getting them on the website today as well too. So they'll be all updated for uh, photography on there as far as detailed pics of like the components and all that. So. Um, I think, and there's one thing I want to address real quick too, before we get off that, there's a lot of people who are a little touched that the double steps have been going out before like the compacts and stuff. Yeah. And it's not that we pushed them in front. It's that the double step sticks don't go through that secondary process. They're still being water jet cut only. And it, and it, they only utilize one machine and they get done way quicker. So 
those that's why some of you guys who have been seeing double sticks ship out and get received before your compacts that's why but um just unloaded a bunch more last night so um we should have all those fulfilled as far as compact sticks and ds5 orders ambush orders are already fulfilled uh by tomorrow probably so yeah um so yeah so that's a quick little update just kind of a cool um thing to touch base on and now cody with the the headquarters move to literally 20 yards from your front door a lot of that operation i hear there is a new studio a new future podcasting media type studio that we can we can then utilize to hopefully crank these out and, and kind of do some more of this kind of work on a regular basis yes there is so we're very excited about that too so i've been working on that um right in the shop there we got a we have a podcast studio full on we we just kind of we decked it out we got it set up we wanted ever since we started the podcast the goal was to have it be more of a video cast and you know um kind of go through well it's all about talking whitetails but we like the video aspect where you can connect with somebody you can kind of um we're italian we're we're kind of emotional talkers and you know uh through language and it's nice to be able to see what's what's going on and also dub in a lot more overlaid video and actual scenes of hunts and dive into tactics and be able to throw those up there so we'll have some really cool video coming for you guys from the studio with everything as far as little little mods we do to our our uh our hunting setups little things we do i guess to be more efficient during the season uh things i like versus things dad likes you know maybe stuff that byron might might prefer um as long just on top of hunting footage and all that so we're excited about that we're hoping to kind of launch and restart those um in october for the kickoff of the season and to go back to the video cast. So, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Couple little tidbits that we're going to do too. We got a couple, we got a couple unique segments planned for the, the new video cast in the studio that I think you guys will like. And um, so I'll, you'll have to stay tuned and, and, and kind of. <laughs> That's a good tease that. there. That's a good tease <laughs> there. Um, moving on to some of the new stuff that you wanted to mention. I know you've been testing that, that DS.5 uh, a lot um posted some pictures the other day talk to me about that bad boy it's so cool to see the stand done because the one that i was um prototyping last year um was a hacked up just piece of nothing but it's really cool seeing it um and knowing that like okay that's exactly what i wanted that's the same exact size you know we 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 did the little implementations and just with how how flawless you don't i didn't even want to that stand i was taking pictures of i didn't even want to put it on the tree and (laughs) i'm like the finish is so like immaculate and it's like man and it's that's another thing about the finish it's until you get your stand you won't really understand but this tight this hammered titanium hard coat finish that we, we got here it's like and i get inquiries about this all the time they're like oh is that a different color stand and then i post something else and like oh wait are those sticks different color this this color takes on the light differently so in like when i went out yesterday morning it was wet it was early it was dark and the the stands look so dark and charcoal and rich and they they got a deep gray hue to them and then when the sun starts peeking out they really they take on this lighter titanium look um and it's really cool because 
it provides and it like portrays this awesome looking camo like so the stands on the tree and like light may be coming through some of the branches and you see like those lighter grays popping with the darker grays and it, it's just it's really awesome and with how how nice the finish is it was just um so it's just really cool seeing that but i've been i've been messing around with it a little bit more the final production model everything done up right i mean it's got the little bit smaller of an i-beam um or center post it's still got all the same leveling capabilities and features but the seat's a little smaller it's just it's so awesome to look at um and to feel the weight of that thing i mean it that stand um and whether or not you're going to run the compact sticks or the new doubles or what it, it is your lightest option i mean 100 oh, yeah. percent hands down there's nothing out there in the industry that can even come close to comparing with this setup and especially if you're like a saddle guy or if you're just a straight up running gun fiend mm -hmm. and um you know the the ds5 the public land stand tm that that's that's the stand for you i mean it's what is designed it's what it was built for um the 1.0 is great and that's an awesome option um but like for you guys who are looking for the lightest weight stand the most efficient system um that's it and and then you just have to make your choice of like okay what sticks do i want now we have that double option uh the double step is nice too because when the aiders are installed there's actually a alignment port on the back of the beam and those sticks sit and nest right into the beam so those stack flush on the outside yeah i would i would tell guys that that maybe aren't on the mobile hunters page go over there because like there has been four or five configurations posted of guys running, you know, two on each side of the I beam stacking them all over the I beam and folding like the cable aiders like under it. Um, I sent you a video attaching it with a, a gear tie that was slick. Zach Rob is utilizing his J hooks. Like there are, are, are quite a bit of options and guys playing with it um, mm -hmm. that are really dialed into to how they're going to run some different gear. Custom gear, man. Custom <laughs> gear, man. It, it's, it's, it's it's cool to see the stuff take on and I get all I get my, my inbox is hammered. Hey, are you switching to the doubles? And I'm like, no. <laughs> hey, well, well, why aren't you switching to doubles? Because I'm not. Like I like I dude, that the way the sticks fold down, that how they and I only use two. Now, mm. that's your that that's the one thing somebody got me on is they're like, well, you only put those two sticks now on one point of the stand and you're Mr. Like efficiency. Like, why do you want to take the extra time and have to split it up? And I'm like, that's a valid point because I do only run two. So that right there will save me a step, but I'm still not doing it. I, I mean, like I, I, I just love those compact sticks and how they pivot down and how they, how they full flush. And now with the extra attachment tabs too mm -hmm. in the stand, great. You don't even need the J hook if you don't want. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, it's, it just, it's crazy. It's crazy how efficient it is. And, um, yeah, it's now funny. We, I mean, I watch, what's it? I, I said, we should also plug, like we do have a video coming to YouTube of, uh, the 1.0, all the, the new features, oh, yeah, yep, you know, yep. um, that, that there's a, a laundry list really of just little, uh, nuances to the stand that I think a lot of guys can appreciate. And I think it's also really good to see a company, um, in general, make those little upgrades. And they're not releasing like a brand new model, but they're like, Hey, you know, we're going to add this grip, we're, we're going to add this attachment point, like there's definitely uh, a lot of, um, you know, new features on that 1.0 yeah. that, that there will be a video going to the YouTube that that I think people should check out if they've been on the fence for a year and 
thinking about buying it. Well, Lone Wolf Custom Gear has just improved upon its design. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You definitely want to check that out if you're if you're in the market. I mean, or or even if you were hesitant, you know, hearing stuff about last year, or whatever or not, or just, I mean, the features. And that's something that we've always done. Like we're not gonna just stop innovating. Um, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of companies that release a product and then, Oh, it's good. Let's just keep going with that. Like the whole point, like when we're beating these things up every year, we're taking notes as to what needs to be changed and mm -hmm. we're changing them. And, and people were shocked. Oh, that the 1.0 is different. Yeah, it's different. It's a lot different. Like it's, it's a new, it's a completely different stand. I mean, I know that like, it's like when I go buy, you know, you want to buy a new vehicle. Like, are you expecting the same vehicle you bought? two years ago like no man you want some upgrades on it right so that's kind of that and it's it's funny like you know diving into that and just in like we were talking about the ds5 and like what it offers and lone wolf custom gear in general and the mobile it's funny like i i seen a couple youtube videos lately of guys who call themselves mobile hunters um i guess reviewing a bunch of different products and oh my gosh i know what video it, you're talking about it, and i'm i'm literally uh, I, it i'm literally jaw dropped because i'm like you call yourself a mobile hunter you're on here claiming to have this unbiased like oh, oh like we're, my gosh we're reviewing all these these mobile setups for you guys who are looking and you don't include the top end stands on the market like and you put them out because of price point Yes. Oh my dude, goodness. Dude, you know what I heard when he said that? He's like, oh, I didn't include it for a price point because I'm not going to sink that much setup into one buck. You know what he just said there? I have <laughs> one setup per location. Like he literally put foot in mouth on that video. And let's also the, caveat those dudes maybe walk 200 yards to their tree stands. The, there is, I think, yeah, they're, they're, the foot was put in the mouth probably 26 times throughout that video. Oh I my. Mean, they even, uh, it, it, yeah, it, that was, that was hard to watch. I haven't, and I don't watch a whole lot of that stuff unless it gets sent to me directly. Yeah. And that one did. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, like, you know, mobile hunting setups. I'm like, let me just see what it's about. And when I seen the lineup of the, the so-called testing for mobile hunting, I was like, what the heck? Now those guys, I mean, like you said, they, you know, we can, we can hold up the quotes on the mobile hunter there. I mean, yeah. we're talking, these guys are suburban hunting. He's talking about having multiple sets, whatever. I mean, I get it. Um, but also, I mean, and then there's even some shots there at XOP for yeah. being an imported line and half your stands and your lineup are all imported lines. Like it just, it, it, I don't know. It's just, that's a, that's a small side rant, but <laughs> the thing is, I mean, we didn't even plan that. We didn't even, and, well, not to mention they're standing next to a $60,000 truck and a, and a camel wrapped limo, but mm. they can't spend $800 on a, uh, on a quality setup that'll last a lifetime. So, um, and, and honestly, let's, let, let's, let's, let's put it on the table. The price is not out of line. It is it, not. It's less look, than a new bow. Look at what you spend on a dozen arrows, Byron. I wanted to get new arrows this year with broadheads. And everybody's ranting about this kinetic energy shit. And I've never been on that train or whatever. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll get some like forward weighted inserts and I'll do some, I'll do some collars and I'll fucking just start crushing bone this year. And you know what that's going to cost me for the, the collars, the, and I'm not bitching about it because shit costs money, but that's what I don't get. A yeah. company, a, a guy can sit there on a review and say, we're not including the best mobile setup in this breakdown because of its price 
then go say, well, we only do American made and quality stuff. And like, so it, it just, it, it, it's, it's so, it's so ridiculous. And guys are spending $1,500 on an outfit that they tear walking through the timber on briars. Mm-hmm. And, and then they get a new, or they, or they lose a little weight and they got to get a new one or gain a little weight. Dude, this investment, this, your setup, and, and we've always advocated this, your tree stand setup is the most important thing when you're out there running gun hunting for whitetails. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. And, yeah. and not to mention that, like, it's there forever. Yeah. It's lifetime. I mean, it's, it's so, and the people, the people who are, anybody who is serious about their, their passion or their sport or their hobby, they spend money in that. And um, I think, and if you look at even, I mean, man, like, Let's talk about photography real quick, Byron. Like, you know, that was probably my worst mistake is getting a damn camera. Now I'm looking at lenses and I'm like, oh, well, maybe I need this or maybe I need that. I mean, Jesus Christ, in today's day and age, I just went and bought new socks and it cost me freaking, you know, 80 bucks. I'm like, you know, so, so beyond that, um, you know, and then and let's talk about XOP. Since we're in that, I get a lot of, for you guys. Okay, so I do realize there's a lot of people out there that really want to get into the mobile hunting game they're new to it so they don't want to spend a lot of money or they're just not in a good place financially yeah i get that man i've been there xop is your option so i get inquiries about this a lot because of the custom gear and even the Quisto series podcast and everybody's like well hey well what about XO? like are you still with that like i thought xop was your deal or it is i still do all the marketing all the design all the sales like i'm still an xop man XOP is another option along with all the work that I do at custom gear, like custom gear is my family company. XOP is another company. And yes, it is imported. We import the castings. They are made, they were designed in the image of the lone wolf and they were innovated to be better than the original lone wolf. I did nothing but hunt out of a lone wolf, the original lone wolf for my entire life. Ever since I could, get up in a tree. I was in a lone wolf. I mean, what else would I be in? So when I went to XOP, the goal was to, Hey, all right. Hunters don't want to spend a lot of money. Hunters like good stuff like XOP or I mean, lone wolf's the best. Okay. I'm not reinventing the wheel and I've said it time and time again, but what I did with XOP was innovate, um, innovate an original lone wolf design with, collaborative ideas between the old man and myself of stuff that he would have done if he had kept making tree stands and stuff that I wanted to do after using them for so many years. So, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. And sorry, Byron, let me finish this out. Yeah. But so here you have now, and yes, it's an import line. I mean, and if you don't want to buy import, then buy a custom gear. But if you're one of those guys, then, you know, it, we have an option for you. So I just get a lot of people who are like, Hey, I really want to get it. But I, Hey, dude, the XOP vanish and the locking sticks, like dude, and the air, I mean, those are killer options. Byron, you started out with an XOP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had the, one of the, probably the oldest XOP models, the silver. Um, that was like, uh, you can scroll back yep. through and see, see me running around with that thing. I, I bought it from you at a show and I asked to take a picture and you looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, but I know who you are. Um, 
I should throw that up there for, for a throwback pick yeah. one of these days because <laughs> yeah, we both got, got baby faces and, and yeah. But no, I think, uh, you know, you had mentioned XOP is this import line. And I think a lot of people think of it that way. But I think it's important to point out that the improvements that you have made to the, the original stuff um, that you were hunting with and also the fact that you took XOP, the sticks and the stands and almost looked at them in a, a system type fashion that we now see the Cadillac, obviously, with the Lone Wolf Custom Gear system. Um, because you can start to see some of that DeQuisto uh, inspired design where the sticks locked into the Vanish XT from, oh, you know, that's, that, that stands now oh, two years removed from the lineup. But you could see that system starting to play in, and and the fact the sticks lock together, the fact that the curved boot, uh, more boot room from the tree, like there is a, quite a bit of improvement. Um, no two as far as the I beam is concerned, yeah. so you can't you know make a a, a resonating type noise. Uh, the 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 straps we talk about this all the time, and it doesn't get talked about, but those. Those straps that come with Lone Wolf Custom Gear and XOP are significantly better than the competitions. Yeah, I mean, it's it little things that guys, a lot of times, they don't even really pick out and don't even really notice, but um, it, they're, they're on both lines. I mean, now it's, it, you know, it's XOP, all the innovation that was done, and it, it was done with, with a goal in mind, and it was to get a quality product at an affordable price for that mobile hunter. Um, now, I mean, and that's the thing. Yes, XOP imports their castings. They're still all built. I mean, there's an Iowa based company, a big Iowa based company. They do some importing. Um, they're still built shipped. I mean, they employ us people. I mean, like there's, it's, it's important to know that just because like XOP is imported, doesn't make it less quality. I mean, there's just, there's this stigma and I get it if you don't want to buy import, but even XOP still comes with, you know, lifetime warranty on all the cast components, the whole stands cast. It's a lifetime warranty on your XOP stand. Like, and at 169 bucks for a hang on mm -hmm. fully cast aluminum that ain't got a rust tarnish on you. Like a fully leveling seat platform, all the capabilities. It is just an awesome option. So for those of you who are looking to get into a mobile hunting setup, and not break the bank or maybe just gravitate into just get your feet wet with this mobile hunting game yeah. go check out xopoutdoors.com and i mean shoot me a personal message if you got any questions go check out the website i mean right now we actually have some killer combo deals going on right now leading up into the openers in september um like i think you can get a vanish in a four pack of the new um uh the new Compact short two-step two sticks yeah. for like i think it's like Oh, don't quote me. It's like 200. No, no, no. Bucks. This is where we tease it. Send people to the website. For yeah. The price. Go, yeah. Go check out the website and you'll find out. But that right there is your, you are, you are set up ready to rock. Even the XOP transport brackets. It's a unique feature to XOP and XOP only the sticks lock into these brackets. You can use them to ascend up a tree with easy and ease. And, and it's just, um, so yeah, so check that out. Um, there's a lot of good stuff there. I get a lot of people, um, that inquire about that. So I wanted to touch base on that and, just let everybody know oh and there's my there's my phone going off um and let <laughs> everybody right. know that um you know there is that option or even too you know you may be mobile hunting but you got a lot of you want you want to set up some permanent setups you know you got some a couple of private farms you want to toss a toss a stand on your on your home base and and not break the bank for something permanent that's going to sit out there but that will last a long yeah. time
So that's a good option to a uh, good option to look into. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, with that being said, um, I think so with that being said, let's go ahead and <clears throat> let's talk about some, let's talk about some September hunting and let's talk about kind of gravitating into actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to rewind just a tad bit. All right. We're allowed to do this. Yes, we are. We are. So before we get into September, I just wanted to throw a little sizzle out there and get you all, get everybody stirring on a couple, um, a couple new products in the pipeline. Oh, this the is, wolf, this is breaking news. The wolf pack. I know we've, we kind of teased it. People that are close to us or like follow Lone Wolf custom gear closely. We've been talking about a, a pack, a pack designed, um, you know, and we weren't sure when it was going to get around. We're really trying to push that for this fall and we're going to be releasing some, some teases and some, some information on that pack um, very soon. Now, this is a pack designed in your typical Lone Wolf custom gear fashion. Um, it, it, it's a Swiss army knife, man. I mean, it's, it's a pack designed specifically for your mobile whitetail hunter. It integrates with the DeQuisto series stands. It has all the features you want when mobile hunting. It's lightweight. It's small. Um, it has some patented stuff that we've been working on. Um, it's just a really cool collaboration. I, I'm, a, I'm a pack nut. And actually, when we started when we started doing the pack design, I didn't even want to be involved with it because it was, my mind just spins so crazy. I was like, ah, you know, like I just, dude, I, there's so I many see, things I want in a pack. I see you with a new bag every uh, ATA and every, dude, and you'll come to Ohio I'm, and then I'll come out to the farm. Like, dude, you, you're, a pack I'm just, guy. I'm just super weird about packs and like the, I love compartments. I love components. Like uh, I just, I like things. Maybe it's the OCD that I, I got coming through a little bit, but I like, I like things with a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So go, after going through the you know, last couple revision rounds of this pack, like I've been getting more excited and more excited. Like every time we get a sample back, it's like, oh no, let's, yeah, let's add this or let's do that. Let's do, oh yeah, well, when we're going up a tree, we can reach around and use this or, oh, now we got this. Okay, yeah, that's probably patentable. So I think you guys will be, you guys will be jacked about this and, um, so I just wanted to drop that teaser. So that's coming. Just, just, just keep an eye out for that. And um, it's some pretty cool stuff. Nice. Nice. That's, yeah. that's, you heard it here first. Yeah. Folks. Yeah. So anyway, so let's get, let's get into some September, September hunting. So, I mean, it's right. It's, it's, it's early September right now. We got openers coming in. I know Byron, you are just dancing around in your in your seat right now you're heading to kentucky in what like 10 days or something uh next friday so hopefully we get this out asap literally a week ish uh, my buddy andy's headed down there on tuesday i know a lot of guys will be in kentucky this weekend for the openers and then even like some of those uh, states like wisconsin missouri they're they're, they're a week ish out um yep. so so a lot of you know midwest hunters are going to be out there um really soon really Every yeah, everybody's asking me like, "Hey, are, where are you going for September? Where or are you going to Wisconsin? Are you doing this or why aren't you doing that?" Or because I I made a post about like, "Oh, October can't come soon enough," and they're like, well, "What the hell? Why aren't you hunting in September?" And I did have a hunt planned in September, and it now got canceled due to 
just all this shit going on, you know, bringing the, bringing the headquarters here, just a lot yeah. of work to be done. So just really trying to, so there you go. I've, I've put my, I've put my, my, my killing on the back burner. Where were you going to go? I was going to North Dakota. Okay. I do. Okay. I kind of remember one conversation that, that you were. Yeah. And, and, and I've met, I've, the only time I've ever been in North Dakota was when I went to the Shields uh, corporate headquarters for, uh, for meetings, for tree stand meetings. And I don't know shit about North Dakota, but I was going to go somewhere, um, get on some, get on a big piece of ground and go kill the buck very okay. quickly. Like that was my, that that was my game plan, you know? And, and I, I've actually been really contemplated just hopping across the river to Wisconsin. Um, if I can, if I have the time, but I love hunting September, man. I, I, I used to hunt September more. Um, I hate it and I love it. It's like a, say. it's a love hate for me. I like it because the deer are super patternable and they're very easy to kill. I think um, that early it sucks with the heat and the bugs and the, I mean, honestly, mosquitoes keep me out of September hunting. Dude, more the than snakes. Snake? Yeah. See, snakes. I, it, and me, I'm, I'm, I'm sheltered, man. Like I'm like a tri-state area. Like, you know, we don't, we don't have that shit over here. Like, I mean, the occasional, um, you know, bull snake here in Iowa or whatever, but yeah, that actually, to tell you the truth, when I was hunting early in Kansas, that freaked me out, man, a little bit. There was, I actually went, um, a few years back with a buddy of mine and we both went to Kansas for opener hot as balls, man. Um, we end up, <laughs> I ended up getting close to a, to a good one, but my buddy ended up filling with a good, like 148 um, nice. on just this sliver of ground that we found. I just, I mean, we had, we got permission on like an 80 acre chunk. And then after going to see this 80 acre chunk, there was like absolutely no woods. And I, I've never been to Kansas before. And I'm like, well, I'm not hunting a piece with no timber. <laughs> like, you know, and there was deer on there, but I was just like, Oh, screw this. So we went poking around and we found this, little another little sliver of ground like 14 acres had a nice little it was dropping into a deep valley of timber and i knew deer would be coming out of there and there was a beat trail actually crossing the road like the 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 roadways were were just hammered over there so we were hunting close to the road and when i say road like this place that we were at was like i mean there's like nothing there it, it's like Kansas, I it's think, like, is the lowest population density dude, state it, in the U.S. It was just, it was weird. It was weird, man. It, it was like, not weird. It was cool. But like, it would, it, when I explain it, it's like a tic-tac-toe board. <laughs> like, if I look from up, it's like I'm looking at, or maybe, no, a, a, a checkers board, right? Just roads that literally are making squares perfect, perfect 90 for as long as you can see just open stuff i actually have you know for those who don't know i got this like little moped and i actually had so i got a moped with a drive-on little trailer um and i literally was like driving a mile driving a couple miles like parking popping the moped off and just dipping down on these and just just glass and stuff and seeing what i could see um to try and find a piece of ground but we ended up finding like a a 12 acre piece it, it was not it was not big by any means, but we ended up getting it done off there. But long story short, the spiders, we went tracking that deer after dark and we went, went into that thick timber stuff in this little creek bottom, dude, there was spiders the size of my freaking palm in there. I mean, it oh. just, I mean, in bugs, it was nasty. Not that I'm scared of spiders or anything. Um, cause I'm a man, <clears throat> but, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, just, that's one thing you deal with early chiggers down there. Oh, ticks. I got a case of I them mean, right now. 
Dude, it's just – it sucks, man. Um, it's so much nicer when you get, like, a frost or whatever. And the wind out there sucks, too. It's, like, windy as shit. Like, I remember I was shooting my bow out there, and I was like, hey, man, when the wind – we gonna like let's wait till the wind dies down and dude from down there was like the wind ain't ever gonna die down like this is a calm day there's nothing out there to block the trees but anyway um yeah so snakes that's a good point um but that's what what keeps me out of the timber mostly um well hell when we went scouting the day before opener last year i mean we kicked two to three bucks off their off off their beds right i mean yeah so i think that's a cool little story we should dive into uh i think this was two years ago uh, my, my first year working for XOP and I kind of said, Cody, like, you know, while I'm up there, let me grab a Wisconsin tag because it, it's, it's very affordable. They, they open September 15th ish. Um, so me, you and um, your buddy, Josh, we, we kind of picked a few pieces to pop around and drove up there for, for a half day. The, I think the day it opened or whatever to, to do some scouting and poking around. And guys, let me tell you one thing I, I definitely learned from Cody it, just in this one day in the, in, the, in the timber scouting early season is, is the pace at which he scouts. Not obviously, obviously Cody's a gym guy, he works out. But like, he was like, I mean, I want to see like a lot of this peak. We, we got to like put boots to ground. And like, I was leading the pack. We came up this bluff and then he just passed me and me and Josh never saw him for the next two hours. Um, <laughs> Cause he was gone, but he, you know, you ended up jumping a buck and, and then Josh and I ran into another buck that was kind of that tweener shooter. Um, none of us had a bow, but like, you know, we did, we did lay eyes on two racks that day between two of us. And, and I guess, talk to me, Cody, why, what is your, your concept when you get to a piece September 15th, never been there before? Why were you just like, boom, I need to, I need to lay it down. I, and that was, that's the thing, man. The biggest piece of advice I can give anybody, especially going on a, like, so we looked and we narrowed it down and we picked out three chunks of public. They were mm-hmm. all like, I mean, there were a few hundred acres. One was bigger, but like it was, we narrowed down our pieces that we wanted to look at. So this was about like, in my mind, the first step is about getting Intel and and that's it. Like I, I, and I don't want to, you know, pussyfoot around that. Like, I I just want to get in there. I want to, I want to see the place. I want to see what it's like walking it, how I'm going to get to certain areas of the property. I I want to find the deer, you know, I want to find the sign. I want to find the deer. I want to, cause you can look at a freaking topo map all you want. And it's, and that's what we did at first, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we looked at this, I'm, I was looking like, okay, where can I access this? What can I do this? And the access on that one piece was shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew, so I, 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 I turn and burn through ground. I, I, I don't sit there. I don't, I don't like handhold. I just, I go and I, I run through ground cause I just want to see it. And then I make my own, you know, judgments of what I seen, what I kicked up, you know, if I found a deer I was wanting to get after, you know, what I found for food sources or where I seen the sign. And, and I can do that when I'm done scouting. So I get the scouting done and, you know, I hammering up that first Ridge, like where we lost each other, I knew right in my mind that like, okay, there is absolutely no way I am getting up here in the morning, like before daylight. Like I, I knew that back corner was like, for one, we were making so much noise. Like, and I was yeah. going fast, but it was so thick. Yeah. Like, and so I'm thinking like, okay, is there, a, is there a way I can get around this? I was just looking for thi- for things to break. I was looking for, um, you know, uh, entry paths and, and whatnot. And I actually ended up getting right behind a buck and he was bedded on a ridge, one of the steeper ridges. And it was actually the one spot that I probably would have went if I would have hunted, if I would have, if I would have chose to 
go back and hunt that piece. Now the deer was smaller than I wanted to get after. I mean, it was probably like 130 inches, but, um, so I, I just kicked him out of there and, and kept going, which I would, I would have done the same thing if he was 180. I wouldn't have stood there. Uh-huh. I would have just left, came back with my stand and killed him or tried to kill him, or made him <laughs> attempt, you know? And, um, and so I guess, like I said, my biggest thing that I think people, we were going in there, no intel in any other way other than seeing something on an aerial. Like you got to put boots on the ground and just at least see what's going on. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and that may have changed if, if you were like, oh, Cody, I hunted this place last year and this is a good draw right here. And I know that deer funnel through here. And this is where all these people, I would have took that into, into account and I would have probably maybe looked at the piece that you looked at a part you wouldn't have gave me intel for. So that like going in straight blind, um, that's what I'm trying to do. I want to make sure that when I go in there and hunt, I'm not wasting my time and I want to get where the deer are. Um, so that was kind of the, that was the, the mission behind there. Yeah. Um, and the other piece you, you liked a little more, it was a big piece and uh, it had a couple access trails, but like you could also still get away from people is what I felt. You could take those access trails and then divert a lot of different habitats. Um, you know, I scouted that piece the next day I, I kicked a deer up, um, could not lay eyes on if it was a rack or not. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I do think the pace shocked me, uh, in, initially. And, and I really think it was just like, you know, get, get as much of that ground covered as you can in daylight. Cause that's obviously a limited, uh, aspect to, uh, to back up. If you did go to South Dakota, do you want to spend five minutes here and give us a cliff notes of, of what you would have done from picking a piece to, to, I, I got to think a similar approach as far as boots to ground during that piece. But like, what would you maybe keyed in on? Would you have looked at water? Would you looked at beans, alfalfa? Um, yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, so, I mean, my, my process of elimination, like with, with a new piece or even like we talked about Missouri before, like, so, uh, a, you know, a, a four day hunt in Missouri comes to mind when I think, um, like, okay, early season, like just a prime example of now this was, this was a, um, just a prime example of, I guess, how I would go about going somewhere for September 15th opener that I've never been before. Um, what I do to get on deer and like what I'm looking for. Um, which is probably just how I would have done it in North Dakota. Like, I don't know. I don't have any, I don't have, I don't know what I would have seen getting there, like on the road or what I would have looked at on a map. So I, I, but in my mind, I can picture this Missouri piece and and my thought process behind it. But so this was a giant, so I'm I'm heading down there um, for opener because I want to get somewhere opener. Now it is 99 degrees out with like 90% humidity. Like it was, it was freaking nasty. When I go, when I go hunt too, I stay in a trailer. I got a little enclosed trailer that I, that I revamped and I made into like this little mobile hunting unit back when I was like 16. Um, like, uh, so for all you who are getting on, on board with that, like it, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to do it, man. I've been doing it for over a decade. Um, but anyway, super hot, super nasty immediately I'm thinking water, right? So I gravitated to, um, I had a couple different pieces I was looking at. One of them had a, had a crick down in the bottom or through a lot of the timber that there was running water. Half of it was dried out, but I knew I'd be able to get some water there. So that was a big thing that 
you know, I mean, when it's really hot, them deer, them deer need water, but also what are they eating too? Like, are the beans still green? Like are, is there still, it, it, it is always a good idea to get somewhere in the evening and do a little road glassing. You okay. cannot go wrong with road glassing. You, a lot of times will see good bucks out in the fields if they're still hitting them. I mean, it's a very easy way to do if there's road access, if there's not try and creep somewhere to where you can see one of these fields. I mean, if the beans are all turned and the deer are off there, I mean, I, I wouldn't, don't worry about it. It's not the end of the world. Alfalfa green field, green early has produced for me. Um, yeah. It's a good, it's a good route. If you, if you had bit, to pick, if you had a timber lot next to alfalfa and beans, Without glassing, do you think around that September 15th time zone, do, do deer kind of lean one way versus the other? I, I don't have the most experience with alfalfa. We don't have near as much as I, what you guys have up there. So I, I would do – I'd always go beans first okay. because alfalfa is going to stick around and it's going to be good mm. all the way into October. Beans okay. aren't. If you, got a, if you got a bean field that they're eating, you need to hit that shit right away. Okay. Like So that's, that's, that's number one, first and foremost. You need to do that. Um, after that, then you know if if the beans are turning whatever but your alfalfa is, is going to be good until the frost starts like you're going to be good mm -hmm. like i've had killer luck early october on alfalfa so i would go beans first another big thing too um acorns um i know um, acorns are really good early season food source if you can find the trees that are dropping get on them um and if the deer are hitting them they're hitting them like so i would definitely not overlook the power of limit, like a limited crop of acorns. Like yeah. a lot of years you got like these big bumper crops, or if you're hunting a piece with primarily oaks, like, you know, okay, it might be here nor there, but like, if you are hunting, you know, big thick pine timbers or whatever, and, and you got like just sporadic oaks and, and you all, and you see one that's just freaking just banging, like, mm -hmm. well, it's like, it's like hunting over a freaking bait pile. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's just like, even, even the beans, you know, it's a little bit bigger of a bait pile, but that's definitely something I look for. But I go in, first thing I'm doing is just like we talk, I'm power scouting that piece. I'm getting boots on the ground. I want to go, I want to go see if I can kick up deer. I want to see where these deer are sitting. Um, and I want to be in the deer. Um, I take note to what I think they're eating food source. As I'm looking around, I'll, 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 I'll check. Okay. If I don't see any, you know, that's when you're going to see that oak tree is when you're walking around. So yeah. if you don't, if you don't go look around, you're not going to see that those crops are there. Now, I don't like to badger the shit out of it. That's why I like to get in there, do a hard power scout right away. Give me my initial intel. Then I start the process of, of the chess match of, of taking one, you know? Yeah. And so for that particular hunt, um, and, and traditionally, this is the only time of years where I would really use a trail camera. Mm. Like I said, in years past that I've used trail cameras more than this time, I've always had shitty seasons because it's a crutch and I don't like it. And it, it, it messes with my decision factor. But if I'm hunting a piece that I had a trail camera on, I'll definitely look at the freaking trail camera pictures. Right. So, but a piece that I've never been on, you don't have that, that luxury to rely on. So you got to go find out. And more importantly, even if you hunted it last year and you don't, have you got to find out what's going on now. And at this time, at this time. So once I get that Intel, I'll pop up a stand. And actually that, that, um, trip, my first stand hang was on a Crick crossing. Okay. Now and it was, 
to, to paint this time frame picture, you probably scouted uh, from sunup to, to mid-ish day, caught you a break, and then is because we've painted this philosophical uh, four-day mission. Yep. So you're spending well, it's that. Not, it is, it, no, this happened. Okay, okay. So, so this so is, so like this the is exact, real deal. Yeah, so this is, I'm telling you about this Missouri hunt, because mm -hmm. when you ask about North Dakota, I'm like, well, let's, let's tell something that actually happened. And what, okay, yeah. So, so this, so I got there the day before. I tried to do some road glassing. Mm -hmm. couldn't see shit it was too thick there was all standing corn which sucks right mm -hmm. this this piece i was hunting was surrounded by standing corn i didn't have the luxury of getting on a bean field but i tried to look as best as i could on the perimeters and i tried to look at the closest beans i could find okay. closest stuff that i thought they might be hitting on the adjacent properties on the south end of this farm i seen there was a bean field i couldn't access it i couldn't go look at it it was private but i was just taking on a little faith that maybe they were still coming out to that bean field. So I knew I wanted to focus on the South end of the farm, but I also wanted to look at the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I set out then the next day, the season didn't open yet or no. I think the season did open. Okay. And I literally took a stand in and I popped a stand up on a finger that I scouted from aerial because I didn't want to miss a, I didn't want to miss a hunt. Now, sure. some people would like whatever. I just wanted to get it in there. Throwing a dart. Exactly. So I, I popped a stand up and I actually seen, I seen a couple does got eaten alive by mosquitoes and contemplated leaving. I, I was like, oh my God, this is the worst. This is hell. <laughs> so I popped down. I went looking at the property. I went, um, I power scouted for like maybe 20 minutes. Okay. And now this is another. So, and I went looking to hug the South end. I didn't need to look any further than what I found at this creek crossing. Hmm. So like, like, you know, and I just, I was like, okay, well, traditionally I'd like to see the entire property. Well, I didn't this time because I was like, oh shit, well, why, I'm not going to pass this up. The season's here now. Boom. So I, I hung my first stand on a creek crossing. This was probably what made you, yards. Yeah. What are you going to describe? What made you say, boom, I got to hang a stand here. This is, it was, it was a logical transit, like knowing, knowing the exploded view now knowing that i had beans to my beans to my south and knowing that i had big timber to the left and a lot of standing corn where i think these deer were actually living um i was just in a logical transition point between between a and b in which you know i surmise that was the 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 feeding and, and bedding pattern it's hot as balls there's water here there's a beet creek crossing like that's that's game for a stand yeah. The first sit, I passed up probably 148 inch eight point. And I actually had, he was, he, I mean, in a, in a one, a 158 coming through the timber looks like it looks, I thought it was done. I thought it was game over. I'm like, Oh, he, he's done. I thought he was a 10. He got a little closer. He ended up being an eight. Um, he came, got a drink in that Crick. Walked up the creek maybe about 20, 30 yards, and then actually didn't cross in the crossing, but I was in the game. Uh -huh. And and he what he was doing was this last now, light or or what time? No, no, this no, no, no. So I hung this stand. This was the next morning I sat this. Okay, okay. Because I'm I'm thinking this is a transition from those beans, sure, and from nighttime activity back to the corn. That's exactly what was happening. Now I don't know. He might not have been in the beans. But all I knew was this transition, this crick crossing was a spot to be. So I was there uh, and I had the opportunity to kill there. Yeah. Um, I hunted another three days and was just so big. I knew there was bigger deer there, 
never seen anything bigger. That was the biggest buck I've seen. Um, I seen probably a couple. Uh, and from there, I just, I slowly start to creep and find, now I, I was done with that area. I had seen what came through there. I hunted that stand in the evening as well. Yeah. So, and I knew that, that, I mean, I didn't want that deer, so I moved on. Okay. And then I went and looked at the other side of the farm. I actually found more promising sign toward the end, but just had obligations to get back. And I didn't actually, and I never made it back there. You know, okay. now, I mean, looking back at it, I'm like, man, you know, maybe a hundred and 150 inch a point would have been would have been a cool little little um you know uh bump to that season for one day of a new piece new state like just yeah but you know when you're after when you're looking for what you're looking for you know it's there could have been a there could have been a 180 there that i jumped that i ran into the next day and mm -hmm. if i would have shot him i would have been screwed so um but that's my i think i think that's probably in short just my general process and yeah. Um, right. I mean, that's pretty, pretty. Yeah. Uh, you, you gave that location two sets. Descriptive. You, you gave yeah. that location two sets and then it was same kind of repeat process as far as scouting, setting up, seeing, you know, letting the, the woods tell you where you need to be for, for those remaining four or three yep. days, two days, whatever you had left and, after you gave that location. No, I think, I think that was good. I think the listeners, uh, a lot of guys open in September can kind of look at, uh, at, at kind of some key concepts there. Um, but you, yeah. you know, you had mentioned there the, the trail cams and, and, yeah. and, and you had mentioned prior to this podcast, you, uh, you may be going MIA from the trail cam game for a little period yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, I know, I, I know we sell trail cameras, right. And we got, and we got a good one at that too. So go check out the website if you, if you're in the market for one, but, um, so I just, I was thinking, so I haven't, so it's September 4th right now, September 3rd. Yes. Just for all you guys out there who are asking me or who might be thinking to yourself like, oh, man, I wonder how many cameras Cody runs or what he's got <laughs> on camera or what he's looking at. I have not touched a camera. I have not looked at a – I have not done anything involving a camera since December of 2019. I haven't hung a camera. I haven't pulled a car. I haven't looked at – I haven't even looked at old trail camera. I mean, I just yeah. – I don't know. I, I'm I'm not into it. I – but your uh, dad right runs. Now, your dad runs some cameras a little bit more than you do, right? He he does, and he keeps the intel very hush hush. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I know he's got a few out. I haven't talked to him. I haven't seen any pictures. Sometimes your, he'll show your me daughters actually may know more about the trail cam bucks going on on his side than the, did you. The, oh, they do for sure. <laughs> there there is absolutely, it, dude. It's cutthroat out here, man. It's it's <laughs> it's um whatever he's got on those cameras, I don't know anything about it. But to tell you the truth, Byron, this is where. This is where this is going. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to. I'm going. I'm going to go this year. And this is a, when I when I was telling you when I hinted to you this, you were like, "Oh man, that's a bold statement." I wonder. I asked myself this question: Does any white tail hunter out there nowadays not use trail cameras? Is there anybody out there who is not using trail cameras at all? I mean, I know most of you guys may, you may, you know, may not run them like it's your job, like a lot of these guys do, and, and people get just freaking hooked on these things. But I wonder, is there anybody who's not? I mean, I know there's some old timers and shit, definitely. But yeah. Um, but like, so, and I think I am probably out of everybody that I meet, everybody is just jaw dropped, astounded. They think I'm lying when they're like, wait, so you don't run, wait, so you don't have cell cameras? You don't have trail, you don't do any trail, not even a new piece? Like, no, I just, I, not really. Like <clears throat> I'll typically throw them out around August, get some pictures, 
and just pull, do some card pulls around September right now when the velvet comes off to one, see the caliber, make sure I want to shoot and then see what I got there. And that's it now. But even then I've realized it hinders my judgment and it makes me hunt a different way, even having a picture. Mm-hmm. So I'm going into the 2020 season and I'm not going to touch a camera. I'm not going to oh. touch a camera unless I got to grab one out of the box from the warehouse and ship it. Like, you know, I'm just, <laughs> and, and I would, er, if, if guys out there, if you guys are getting, if you are a guy, if you're sitting out there listening to this podcast and last year you were hunting a farm and you knew of a big buck by having trail camera pictures of it and you didn't kill that buck, do me a favor, go into this year and don't, don't even use that camera. I would, I would be willing to bet that there's a 30 to 40% chance that you didn't kill that buck because you were so damn obsessed with those trail camera pictures and you were letting that be your only intel. And th- dude, cameras, it's like I even got a question the other day, and I know we're ranting a lot on this, on this podcast, <laughs> but I feel like talking. Yeah. Um, I got a question the other day, and they were like, hey, man, what do you think about that, that new rule that, that Pope and Young or Boone yeah. and Crockett or whatever placed about cell cameras? Like, oh, like, what do you think about that? Is, and, I, and, I'm, and I was like, what rule? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't stay up with that. And he's like, oh, well, they made it. Like, you can't, if, if you have cell camera pictures of a buck, like, it's not legit or, like, it won't count. Yeah. And, like, oh, like, and what do you think about that? I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I, I've never ran a cell camera once. And, I mean, and to tell you the truth, it is a pretty damn unfair advantage. Like, like it, it really is. I mean, it's, it's when you look at it, I yeah. mean, trail cameras – Trail cameras and the reason they're so popular is it takes a lot of work out of the equation. They do now. Now with cell cameras, there's no, <laughs> there's there's no work at all. Like I mean, I've literally hunted with people who were just chilling out at home, waiting for their cell camera to buzz for them to go in the woods. Like I I, I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things where like yeah, whatever. Everybody's doing what they want to do, and and if you're getting it done, you're getting it done. And my hat's off to you. I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I mean, and whether you're hunting over bait in a Southern state or up in Saskatchewan, or you're using cell cameras, like that, th- that is what it is. You can do what you want, but um, I, yeah, I personally don't care. I mean, I just don't use them. So yeah. I don't care about that, that law that they passed. I mean, it's whatever. So, I mean, so steering back to the original point, you are going no cams. Yeah, I, I would no encourage cams. people like when we post this episode, leave a comment. Maybe yeah. if you are one of those dudes that like, doesn't run them never have or tried them and yeah. quit or why or, you quit running them or if you're one of those dudes like i said who had a bunch of trail camera pictures to show for last year and didn't end up with a deer on the ground yeah um, because i think that's a big thing and it just when you don't run cameras it makes you hunt mm. simple as that when you don't hunt or scout have, what's that i said it makes well, you yeah, hunt when, I, or when scout. I say when i say when i say hunt like i mean like that's 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 everything man that, yeah. that's encompassing the whole shit that's scouting that's freaking getting up early that like you you are hunt you are on the hunt for you know something you want uh to harvest you know so yeah. um and it's and you don't get lazy that way um and another thing another thing for you guys too on early september like what i've realized you know having that confidence and and going into the season i guess with the right push and not burning yourself out right off the bat is huge too like i, I you know i like having the proper motivation and drive it's something that people overlook you know um 
I did a fitness post the other day or the other week and it got a pretty good response because I think it touched base on the fact of having a positive mental and mental attitude and knowing your limitations and pushing where you can, like, it, it's just, it all, it all coincides. So I know this seems like maybe useless information, but take, take this, take this in and, and comprehend this. Like when you're going out early, like even me, like I, I was beating myself down. I mean, I, nowadays, like I don't even, and, and that's my main purpose for the lack of out of season whitetail work that I do mm. because I go so extremely hard and I'm not trying to, I, I, I'm not a freaking great hunter. I'm a persistent, like driven individual. Like that, that's like, that's, that's what I can say about myself. Like, I'm not like, I'm not going to say that like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm some great, like, like my old man is a, is a phenomenal hunter. Like he is a, he is a woodsman through and through. I mean, I, I got those, I got those genes, yeah. but like, I mean, am I going to sit here and say that like, I'm freaking Daniel Boone and like, I'm, I'm out there smelling deer shit and I'm no, I am driven and I'm persistent. And the reason I don't go so ham is because I go hard when the time, when it counts. So these guys who are out there running around, burning themselves out, scouting pieces months and months and months advance. You may be getting some intel, mm. but come season, come race time, come game day, who yeah. is going to be, who is going to be ready to rock and who is going to be able to go all 10 rounds? Me like that. That's my mentality in going in. So, so, I mean, and I don't know if this is a tangent, but I, I correlate that to early season. Like it's not always about jumping somewhere because you can jump somewhere. We talked about this too. Be smart. Maybe don't go out in a pouring rainstorm. Maybe take that day to go do some scouting. Relax. Maybe sleep in. Catch a, catch a little extra sleep that day because it's going to be a horrible nightmare with your camera gear. If you shoot or you'll shoot a slammer and then all the rain will wash the blood away. Like, like you know, it's happened to some of us in the past. But I don't know, man. I feel <laughs> if I'm coming off if I'm coming off a little intense here, I, I you're, you're hyped up, man. This is good. Yeah, this I'm hyped is, up, man. See, this is what happens when the season gets closer. <laughs> I'm getting jacked up, man. I mean, I'm I am that dude. I'm that racehorse, man. And yeah. I haven't I haven't exercised, and the gates the gate ain't open yet. But I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. So, um, it's just it's um, man. I I hope I really hope on this coffee with Cody episode, um that you guys have taken something away from this and we i don't know i hope i hope that you can go out and hit a september opener hunt or weekend or or yeah. piece of property with a little more confidence um you know i mean and if not like i'm sorry yeah yeah but but the the, the chase for most of us is, is right around the corner if you don't have a september opener and um I think this was a good episode, man. I think a lot of things from, from product update to a little bit of detail in the new stuff, a teaser, if somebody skipped the, you know, some section of this podcast, you might want to hear, you know, that teaser of the, 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 the pack. Oh, do we, do we have a name for the, uh, or the headquarters? Did, did you decide on a name? Dude, well, how can we not call it the wolf then? Right? I mean, it's I gotta mean, be. I, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll stew on that a little bit. Like the, uh, um, like the DS5, we don't want another, we don't want another process with that. We're, 
it takes so long. It's like when you have a kid and you're like, oh, we don't know what to name it yet. And then it goes a couple of weeks and, and everybody's <laughs> like, you, you haven't named your kid yet. So, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll keep that. We'll keep that up for debate. Or All right, man. Wolf Den, man. Yeah, I like the Wolf Den. And, and if that name doesn't get used, maybe you call that the, the, the studio portion is the Wolf Den. But Cody, oh, any, sure. any final wrap up thoughts for, for, for guys out there, customers, the hunting community? Um, no, I don't know, man. Um, I just, Hey, here's the, here's the thing. Um, thank you to everybody on mobile hunters United. Like, so like I said, we talked about this earlier. We are going to really start to get more. I know we've been saying this a lot, but we're getting, we're going to get more frequent with these episodes, dive into more detailed topics. I feel like we did a good job today of diving into a detailed topic that, is really in the here and now of what people want to know. Yeah. So we're really going to try and do that more. So if you have questions, don't be afraid to go on mobile hunters, tag myself, tag the old man, um, tag Byron, uh, tag the company, post your questions. I mean like, you know, for, and we'll hit those on future podcasts or, you know, the more, the more um, we hear about those certain things that people want more information on is, is what we'll touch base on and what we'll hit. So we plan on doing just like we did kind of last year and last year it was a little bit more vague. It was like, okay, October hunting, November hunting. Well, we're going to get a little bit more into detail now with these coming episodes um, of like what we're really doing. Um, side note, I will be doing a video, little nothing fancy. I'm not Byron Horton. So a little video in season sort of series on what I'm doing. I've been telling myself, I told Byron I was going to do this two years ago than last year. I will be filming myself on a daily basis. It's going to be very raw. Get ready for some, for some <laughs> swear words and some, I mean, it, it, but like follow along on my Instagram, you'll get a better idea of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, whether I'm hunting my private farms, a public piece, maybe I go meet up with Byron and we hunt somewhere. We go scout September, like we, or we go scout a Wisconsin piece like we did last time. I'm going to do a really, I'm going to do a better job and I'm going to document that stuff and really, and so is dad. Dad's going to do a lot of that too. And we're going to put that more into the podcast segments and I'm going to funnel mine more into, into the social media, but just so you can kind of see the decision-making and thought process behind mobile hunting every day, hanging stands, every sit. Um, Cause it gets, it gets to be a grind. And, and the whole reason we started the podcast and why I even started coming on social media a couple of years ago was just to, to spread the word. And, and I get a lot of inquiries. So if you want to follow along, go check, check that out. Um, just check out my Instagram page. It's Cody underscore DeQuisto. So um and we'll post a lot of that to the custom gear stories as well. Um, and maybe even some XOP stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty much, pretty much a wrap for this one, Byron. You got anything you want to add? You want to ask me what kind of coffee I'm drinking today? Cody, why don't you hit me with this coffee and sugar, cream, stevia? What, what do you got in right, there? Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, I know this, I know, I know all of you have been wondering this, but so I, dude, I like AeroPress coffee. Um, not that I'm like some coffee snob, like I like coffee, but I'm, I'm not opposed to throwing a, a little pod in the Keurig, man. Cause that's, you've seen it. You've seen it on some cuts we've done. So yeah. I got some, I got Javalia, uh, um, 
Javalia brand. It's espresso roast, uh, but it's like super strong, but it's not mm -hmm. real bitter. So it's real good. And I got that um, this morning and I'm dude, I like a tr one Trubia packet and I found this, this creamer that I'm really digging. And I just do like a splash of creamer. I'm not okay. that, I'm not that, I'm not that, that cowboy who's, you know, just down in it black. I don't, I can't, I can't get down with that. I need a little cream in my coffee. Okay. Um, but I use like this, like oat, it's like an oat milk creamer. Oh. I don't even know. I don't even know the brand, but it's good. It's like a, it's unflavored, but it's just like, yeah. What about you, you Byron? I know you're a coffee guy. I, I am. Yeah, I am just a, a, a traditional. Maybe not medium. as much as the wife, but yeah, yeah. Just to give me a traditional medium roast with with a shot of milk. That's all I need. Um, but that's that's. Wow, I just, you just made me look like I'm. You I'm, just made me look like a snob right there, Byron. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Also, Byron I'm, drinks. Byron drinks Casey's coffee. If you guys are wondering. Yeah, of course. Casey's gas station. That's yeah. his, that's his coffee of choice. <laughs> it is, man. It's a, the all-in-one stop. You don't like so here. Okay, now that oh, I got a bunch of y'all because you made me look. Because now you made me look like a a coffee snob. Byron has a deluxe, freaking <laughs> a deluxe whipping cream maker. A, like, dude, he's uh, drinking macchiatos on the regular. Don't um, let him fool you, man. <laughs> I got you. I got. He, he's I've trying to come at me hard. Uh, I will defend myself here. It is a it is an espresso machine, but but yes, uh, the wife has every flavor shot you can imagine. Uh, we got some toppers. Uh, Cody has witnessed. We do have quite a coffee machine here at the oh, at the good. Horton Compound household. I like but, it. Yeah, thanks for outing me on that. But I am a traditional medium roast. Just give yeah. me a Timmy Hortons on the road, and I'm good to go. Oh, dude, not well. Now you've gotten into the muffin conversation with Tim Tim Hortons, but we'll leave that for. We'll leave another, the Muffin Man talk yeah. for a, for another episode. All right, Cody, hit him with the sign off, and we'll. we'll All right, man. Um, I'm tune in next time. Uh, next episode will be live from the studio, um, and go work for it. That's right. We'll see you.